Garbage Film, the podcast where we link trashy movies to arty films, and we're here to say that they're not too different overall. Not in general. They are not. I am Nick, as always. With me is my co-host uh, on the pod and partner in life, Aaron. I are Is it that you're Nick, as always, or as always, you're the host of this podcast? I think all three of those things. Okay, thank Nick, God. host with Aaron. Always. Okay. <laughs> I am always Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi. How are you? Oh, you know, it's been several seconds since we spoke to each other. So. That's true, but you never know. Yeah. Life moves fast. For the benefit of the listening audience, we're good. We're, things are good. Solid. Solid. Nice, nice, nice. You know where things aren't solid. Oh, my goodness. In our movie today. Wow. I could just say literally everywhere. <laughs> Which, in a way, is what our movie's about. Oh, that's so true. Man. Because. Because today we're talking about. They live! They live, John Carpenter. Hey! You better find yourself someplace to hide and keep praying nobody ever finds you. Try these on. Look, you crazy mother. Put these on. Hey! Stay away from me! I'm telling you, you dumb son of a... I'm trying to save you your family's life. You couldn't even save your own! <laughs> I'm giving you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. I feel like I've referenced it on almost every episode we've done so far. <laughs> so we figured we should just do They Live. I'll get it all out of my system. You and... will not. <laughs> I don't believe you. I just really, I'm kind of getting the cart before the horse here, but I really, this is a good movie. I like it. The carpenter before the horse. <laughs> is that anything? Well, you know who built that cart? It's a carpenter. <gasps> it's all coming together. We're going to have to edit this out. No, it's, no, like, it's no. all it's all in. It's all gold, it's baby. Golden horse cart. It's very hard to pull. It's very heavy. <laughs> they live! They live is a movie. <laughs> yeah. So, for those that don't know what we're talking about, They Live is a movie from 1988, a wonderful year, mm-hmm. uh, directed by John Carpenter and written by John Carpenter based on the short story 8 O'Clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson, which I really got to get around to reading because I like this movie, and it's also yeah. the basis for a bunch of other things, which is very interesting. Oh. Uh, as uh, always with John Carpenter movies, the music is by him yes. and Alan Howarth, which is this is the last movie they worked together on, so... Oh. It's kind of the end of an era, which if you're like me with your John Carpenter movies, this is the end of the era of like classic Carpenter too. So Uh, it's sure, sure. We're we're all moving on a little bit. Once he got into the nineties it was just It was a different time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and this of course famously stars Rowdy Roddy Piper. The wrestler Keith David, who's always great, and Meg Foster, who I don't think I know from anything else. But... I don't think I do either. Every time I see her in this movie, I go, "Oh, it's her!" But then I'm just like, "Oh yeah, from this movie." <laughs> I know her from. They from live. Watching this, yeah. The universe kind of folds in on itself. And... Yeah, I blink out of existence. <laughs> you know how it is. It's like watching a John Carpenter movie. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, that's right on theme. Uh, so uh, they live follows a homeless drifter credited only as Nada, so it's supposed to be nothing. Yeah. Uh, and this is played by Mr. Piper. No one ever calls him Nada. He's just that in the credits. No, yeah. He uh, comes to Los Angeles where he gets a job on a construction site and takes shelter in a shanty town that a uh, local church provides for. One night, the shanty town and church are destroyed in a police raid, and the next morning, Nada investigates to find a box of sunglasses. Uh, (laughs) The least ominous thing you could leave behind, but it's treated very ominously. Well, it's also so specific a thing to leave in a church. It really is. And hidden. They're like behind a fake wall. These are important somehow. Yeah, these these aren't knockoff sunglasses. These are important designer sunglasses of some kind. L.A. (laughs) Uh, Nada discovers that these sunglasses make the world appear black and white, but they also reveal subliminal messages in the media to uh, consume, reproduce, and conform. And obey. And obey. Uh, the glasses also reveal that many people are actually aliens with skull-like faces. Mm-hmm. Nada then goes on an alien killing spree, full of one-liners. Uh, full of one-liners. <laughs> I always... The goofiest murder spree in history. I always forget how one-liner it is. It's, it's great. Like, it's... they don't even line up with what he's doing. No, yeah, they're... <laughs> And, like, some of them were Reddy Robbie Piper's ideas. He's yeah. just like, hey, wouldn't it be great if I said this? And John Carver's like, 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, do it. <laughs> he could probably pull it off. Yeah. You're a wrestler. And he does. And he does. I'll give, it a, I'll give him that. He uh, recruits Keith David after a fight scene that Aaron and I will surely talk lots about. Oh, I'm sure. uh, And then they join the human resistance looking to expose the aliens and liberate humanity. That is, if humanity wants to wake up at all. <gasps> yeah. So I have lots to say about this movie. Oh, I'm sure. But before we before we get into my whole deal, because I don't want to repeat of last week where I just went on about dreams for so long. <laughs> uh, what what are your thoughts on this movie? How do you enjoy this in John Carpenter's oeuvre? Oeuvre. What a leading question. How yes. how do you enjoy this this part of John Carpenter's stellar? Body of work. Okay, now I'm just talking myself into it. I love it. Um, I watched it for when I watched it for the first time. I don't think I really had a grasp on what was happening. <laughs> and if you just go in it into it with, okay, let's see what happens to this guy. It's it is very like, huh? Okay. I yep. thought this was going to be about the pathos of a man trying to make his wor- way yeah, in the world. Like None. he's going to overcome the alien invasion. I don't. And it's so it's just very goofy all around. Oh, yeah. Um, but it really is more of a, yeah, it's more of a commentary than a movie. That's yeah. so unkind. That's not exactly what I mean. But it's just it's just there to enjoy, yeah. which is why I feel like I'm, I'm putting it in the trash column. Because as per my framework on enjoying trash or art movies this is just like yeah just enjoy watching this just consume it and don't worry too much about it it's Uh, very all on the surface it's fine the bitter irony i know (laughs) i'm doing the consuming oh god oh no it's also glasses it feels it's so pulpy and like it's great it's just it's truly silly yeah in in such a way that you don't have to that you almost you don't worry about like oh is this the point where I'm supposed to really mm. buy in you just you just let it wash over you and enjoy all of it you don't have to get invested you just stay invested does that does that make any sense I like yeah no I like that a yeah. lot because what I was gonna say and I think that this is the same idea that you're saying is that it seems like everybody's just having fun seems like, like everyone's having a blast on this movie nobody is taking it seriously no. even though it's a very serious topic yeah they're just they're just doing what they would want to do if they showed up on this set that yeah. day. It's it's great. Which, As is John Carpenter all the time, oh, which yeah. I love for It's him. one of the reasons I personally love his movies is it's like, even if it's this super serious topic, which this is a this is a movie that like, it is a pulpy thing and like, it is just, mm-hmm. here's a message and we built a movie kind of around it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. Hope you enjoyed. Yeah, which is like, John Carpenter's very on, he has come out to say that like, that's exactly how he wrote it. So yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's, there's no more to it than what you see. Yeah, so it, which is again, yes. This so is I like remember. a real comfort watch movie for me because yeah. of that because it's just like, oh, you don't need to worry. Like, you know at a certain point you know exactly what this movie is going to be about. Like, it's just it's all there. You don't need to think too hard about it. No, and, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You would enjoy it less if you thought harder about it. And I don't mean that in a like, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. I just mean like the uh, the ideal way to watch the movie is just like Accept what comes your way and enjoy that. Yeah, like you're you're gonna waste your time looking for deeper meaning in it. Yeah, or you're gonna do things, but like of like, oh well, why don't they do that? Why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? like? Which I'm, that is frustrating as a somebody who's watching a movie with somebody if sure. that's their reaction. But like that can be a legitimate criticism of, of some sure. movies. But here I it like, just doesn't apply. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. It's very freeing. Yeah, yeah, which I feel like. To go back a little bit in John Carpenter, you got uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China Town. Right. Uh, nope. Which <laughs> which feels, in that way, the similar thing of John Carpenter just being like, I just want to do this thing. Don't yeah. think about it. Don't read into it. There's yeah. nothing there. <laughs> don't worry. Which I also wanted to mention that because for those that don't know John Carpenter's history and his trajectory through the Hollywoods, mm-hmm. he was like independent filmmaker guy he gets halloween made and it becomes a huge hit and studios pick him up and he can't studios don't like what he's doing and (laughs) on little trouble and no big trouble oh no no the trouble is very big nick (laughs) my my apologies uh the big trouble that comes down in little china he he did that movie for the studio and had a lot of trouble it's like fuck this i'm going back to my own deal (laughs) yeah and then he gets prince of darkness out and they live and then he moves on to other stuff. So this feels like a return to form for me. Yeah, John yeah. Carpenter. Just being very honest with himself about what he wants to make. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see that. Yeah. 
it's a lot more in line with like the thing and and Halloween too for 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 yeah. a certain value of in line. Yes. For the thing of like here's the premise. We're just going to play around in here. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's his like his very first um well, I don't know if it was his very first, but the first movie you could conceivably watch from him is Dark Star, yeah. which is a very like student budget film, <laughs> but it it is famous for being like, wow, this premise like if they had had several thousand more dollars this could have been a really cool movie to watch yeah and like which is great and that's i feel like john carpenter just got several thousand more dollars <laughs> and made the movies that he wanted to make as a result and yeah. if you try and push it any far beyond that he's like no i don't this isn't where i work best this isn't yeah i'm i'm again there's no more here i don't need to add more like budget, you can feel more. in the studio movies you can feel a plot trying to be like like a framework trying to slam onto it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. You can hear the studio notes. (laughs) Well, why don't we have them do a flying stunt? And he's like, I don't want to do (laughs) that. Or he turns to Kurt Russell. He's like, Kurt Russell, do you want to do this? Dennis Dunn, how do you you feel? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Dennis. Yes, lovely stuff. I brought a bunch of... Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I just want to wrap that up with a button. I like it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) To answer your question. Oh, thank you so much. I like it, Nick. How about you? I like it too, Aaron. Wow. We are, yeah, generally speaking, we're both big John Carpenter fans. My personal journey with this movie, you may have picked up uh, if you've listened to our episode so far. I'm a lefty scumbag. So um, (laughs) this, I'm I'm also a full-on moron. So this movie is, I'm not joking around. It's what made me realize, like, I watched this movie, I was like, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Something's got to do it. And sure, that's, that's like you what got did it. All the evidence of, like, <laughs> oppression and bad status quo was building up on one side of the dam. And the They Live was just, like, shot the Dutch boy with his finger in the dam. And the entire thing. <laughs> Comes out. You may be misremembering this movie. No, I, I, I gotcha. It is very. We're all accepting that the police bulldozing people's temporary housing is bad. Yeah. That's the basis of the movie. Yeah. We can move on from there into what the plot is. Yeah, it doesn't take the time plot to be. Isn't, oh my god, are the police. Of course the police are yeah. going to bulldoze the homeless and Without a second thought. It's no. just they're the enforcement squad for yeah. the elite, which, hey. Hey. Sorry, that still is a problem. Uh. uh <laughs> Um, We're all letting down John Carpenter very are. badly right now. He told us uh, 30-ish years ago what the problems were, and we didn't do anything about it. We have to get on this for his sake. Yeah, so I saw this at, like, a formative, like, 17, 18-year-old mm, kind of... Perfect, like, I'm ready to have opinions now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was ready to take those opinions and shove them deep down inside where I thought them and wouldn't tell anybody about them. Uh, fast forward 15 years and now I'm doing a podcast about it. <laughs> now I'm screaming into a mic about this. Sure am. Uh, so this will always have a... So I will always have a soft spot in my heart for this particular movie for that reason. Definitely. But I also know it's... it's I'm not the only one who's had that experience. I've talked to other people mm, who mm-hmm. have had that similar, like, it's not a thing of, like, it made me realize it was that, like, yeah, he's right. Here's a way of articulating that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's this great moment where he's got the sunglasses. I know exactly what you're going to yeah. say. I love it. <laughs> and he, so he's got the sunglasses. He's wandering dazed through town because they, they give you a headache. Like, the this whole metaphor holds together really well where it is painful to mm. kind of let the scales drop off your eyes and see what is, you know, how things are actually designed and what they are doing to you. So he's he's alternatively wearing and then not wearing the sunglasses and like comparing what he sees with the sunglasses on to what he sees when they're off. And he looks around and, you know, all the billboards say like consume and reproduce. And then you take off the sunglasses and it's a billboard for like, go on your honeymoon to Tampa <laughs> and, you Tampa. know, the, or whatever. I'm assuming it's Tampa. Um the newspapers, all of the financial section just says, obey, obey, obey. And he kind of, you can see him coming to grips with what the sunglasses do yeah. and what he's actually seeing. And he just takes them off and he gets this look on his face and he's like, it figures it would be something like this. You know what it's an exact response to? The, the like oh, yeah, clicking in. He, it's when he looks at TV and he sees uh, there's a, a politician giving a speech about freedom. Oh, okay. And he's the politician is an alien, and yep. that's when he goes. That's when, like, until oh. then, he's been like, kind of like you can see he's kind of holding his like, breath. Why and, like, is this happening? But he like huge exhale, and he's yeah. just uh, figures it'd be something like this, <laughs> just like, uh 
just such a wonderful moment where he's not, it's not a horror moment. It's just a like, yeah. oh, duh. He comes Obviously. to grips instantaneously. That's the frame, that's the lens where he's like, oh. Oh, gotcha. They're, the politicians are aliens. Yeah, get it? It's very good. Get yeah. it? So that, I think that's just such a more like John Carpenter, I I think, is a very, like a deeply cynical man. Oh, yeah. And I love it about him. This, you have that in common. <laughs> And he just, it feels very much like a, okay, well, obviously the jumping off point is that politicians are aliens trying to control you. We're accepting that as the basic foundation of this universe. Yeah, we've still got an hour and ten minutes left in this movie. (laughs) That's not the dramatic reveal. That's the very obvious premise that things then get built on. Yeah, if this was a Twilight Zone, like, from decades beforehand, that would be the reveal. Rod Serling would be like, leave that for the last (laughs) 20 seconds. And then he'd turn to camera and go, crazy, huh? Wasn't that some fucked up shit? I'm Rod Serling. And I'm eating a cigarette. <laughs> Is that why they all talk like that? I assume so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. More nicotine than man. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, it. that's was, the framework. I love that because that plays perfectly into I brought some John Carpenter quotes on this movie. Oh, lovely. Today Let's see what he thinks. Because... This w- movie was famous, well, maybe not famously. I hate if this is how you're learning about it. It was co-opted <laughs> by a lot of real bad people. Uh, and so Carpenter yes. has come out to comment on it in a much more uh, deliberate and straightforward fashion than he, most than of the time his movies. engages with. Normally. Yeah, like the most he'll do will just be like, oh yeah, sure, it's about that. Yeah, it's about yeah. whatever you want. Give oh, me money. Cool, yeah. <laughs> I love that about Will you pay me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Carpenter on the movie as a whole, quote, <laughs> the picture's premise is that the Reagan Revolution is run by aliens from another galaxy. Free enterprisers from outer space have taken over the world and are exploiting Earth as if it's a third world planet. As soon as they exhaust all of our resources, they'll move on to another world. Uh, he goes on to say that I began watching TV uh, before writing this. I quickly realized that everything we see is designed to sell us something. It's all about wanting us to buy something. The only thing they want to do is take our money. End quote. Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of went on to say, like, yeah, this movie is about capitalism gone wild. Like This is the logical end point of capitalism. Yeah. It may has it may as well have been designed by aliens. Like, honestly, that this solution is the cleaner and more simple one than Yeah, this humanities. is actually humane capitalism, <laughs> yeah. where you think you're at least getting something out of it, and they take care of you because they need to siphon your money out of you. Yeah. We don't even we don't even get taken care of. Yeah, now. I know, I know. <laughs> they still get the money. In the eighties, they took care of it. They've gotten past that now. <laughs> now they're just straight to the bulldozer. Keeping in mind as well that both of us are complete morons and we, oh. we barely know how to read. So you know the analysis contained is our own experience only. <laughs> but I, you know, what I like about that quote a lot. I'm hearing this for the first time, but. Mm. What I like about that is that he specifically says third world planet. Yeah. Because the framework of like first world, second world, world, third world is not, I grew up thinking it meant development level, like Mm. industrialization level. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not, that's not what it is. And I just accepted that for so long because that's kind of how it was presented. Yeah. But the earth is... It obviously has great stuff that the aliens want to steal. Mm-hmm. It's not a third world country in the same way that we would, th- or at least maybe my generation would think of it as like dusty and full of flies and like the Univision commercials that you would see of an unnamed country in Africa. Yeah, It's, it's great. It's glitzy. It's got all this stuff. They want it. What they mean by, or what John Garbandier here means by third world, I think, is exploitable yes an exploitable population exploitable resources Mm -hmm. and that it becomes third world by virtue of the fact that the aliens are quote first world they are exactly they just have more stuff to be able to take our stuff yeah they just could kill you if they wanted that's what makes our world third world to to them is just well they can't fight back colonialism baby he's so great i feel like you walk (laughs) a really fine line with like white male directors of a certain age, but John Carpenter has never disappointed me in that never. way, which is great, yeah. and I'm just not going to investigate further. Well, Ta-da. I got this will be a nice journey for you, because this is all good news oh, I have for you. This is my favorite episode so far. <laughs> so Carpenter thought of the sunglasses as being the tool to seeing the truth, which, uh, as he goes on to say in this quote, the truth is seen in black and white. It's as if the aliens have colorized us. That means, of course, that Ted Turner is really a monster from outer space. <laughs> Burn, Ted Turner! Yeah. For no reason. 
<laughs> well, a lot of reasons. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Very specific slam on Ted Turner. Yep. The quote goes on. They want to own all of our businesses. A uh, universal executive asked me, where's the threat in that? We sell out every day. Oh, so I ended up using honey. that line in the film because he couldn't see the problem with it. End quote. How do you walk out of that meeting and not go, oh, oh God. Oh, and no. What did that executive say when he saw the movie and that line's oh. up there? Oh. Because at least it's not even said by one of the aliens, right? It's, it's said, said by, an, by a, uh, a human. human. Yeah. I think it's the George Buck Flower character, I think, says that. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I should have taken note on that. But yeah, it's one of the humans who sells out. Yeah. So uh, it's like, well, it's okay if I do it because yeah. I'm doing it. And I have money now, so therefore I'm a good person. So therefore it was the right decision. This episode is very cathartic for me. Oh, <laughs> like boy. Oh, boy. I'm going to go yell at a cloud later on. More from Carpenter. Uh, the aliens were deliberately made to look like ghouls. Uh, quote, the creatures are corrupting us, so they themselves are corruptions of human beings. Uh, Carpenter then went on to reject the neo-Nazi and white supremacist claims that the film is Hello. an allegory for Jewish control of the world. Oh, this is so gross. Like this came out like 2015. It was like building like for several years. Oh, this right. But this, this is this pretty theory. recently. And this is in 2017 that he said, uh, Hey, dumb fucks. <laughs> he said that the film is nothing but not, about nothing but, uh, yuppies and unrestrained capitalism. That is no, no. Come on, back on the back on the back. <laughs> yeah, he put it in one sentence to be like yeah. he. Yeah, and he Here's called anybody. What the movie is about? Like that's James Cameron level of like I am pointing you at the movie's topic. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> that's great. I'm sorry he had to do that. Sorry, I John. I just worst. we've I disappointed him. Yeah, yeah, we as a as a population. It's <laughs> oh, so gross. I just the the leaps and bounds that you would have to make to make that about I know that, you know, once you get into conspiracy theories, that's your whole world, but like Yeah. Damn, dude, just enjoy the movie about how capitalism sucks. Yeah. Calm down for one day, please. I really hope that when he came out with that that it like ruined a lot of white supremacists and neo-Nazi days and I like so recruiting numbers. I don't know how it works. <laughs> But that's like all... If, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, just if John Carpenter doesn't like you, you can't be... <laughs> you're not cool. Like, fundamentally, oh, you're yeah. not cool. I'm sorry. You that's... might be a dork, but you're st- you're not... Yeah, at best, you know. you're a dork. At worst, you're a flaming racist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get, like, if you enjoy John Carpenter movies, maybe you're a dork, but you're uh, fundamentally cool. Oh, gotcha. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I say as a giant John Carpenter fan... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, you're not just talking about us. Very cool. <laughs> We're pretty cool. <laughs> We're talking yeah. about John Carpenter all day. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's great. I'm I'm both disappointed and pleased. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, of course, we love John Carpenter for coming out and saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave the rest of that alone because nothing it's more... It's not worth giving oxygen no. to. Yeah. So let's go back to some good stuff. Uh, Carpenter good. brought in... So the, the shantytown is made mm-hmm. up almost entirely, or I think entirely beyond the, like, the main stark actors. characters. Yeah. Right. Uh, they were uh, <laughs> what P- uh, Roddy Roddy Piper calls, quote, homeless folks like me. Uh, he, they were brought into the production for several scenes, including the shantytown and a lot of extra work. Mm. It's some smaller characters, some speaking roles. Right. He, in addition to paychecks that he paid them, like Union, Union Standard, he also... <laughs> Union sc- I tried to say scale and rate together. Yeah. So he gave them paychecks. He also uh, fully craft serviced the whole thing. So like, mm, yeah. so that they wouldn't have to use that paycheck for food. He Amazing. specifically went out of his way to make sure so that he they employed were... homeless people. Yeah. yeah, and like more, way more than the minimum. And uh, Piper himself was a homeless person for a while. Uh, oh yeah. He before he got into wrestling and such, where he started <laughs> making uh, money to get off the streets. He said that the scene where the shanty town was destroyed was legitimately very painful for him mm. to watch, oh, uh, due to the memories it stirred up because he had been part of a town that that happened to. Um, he described Carpenter's move in hiring the homeless and just their general treatment throughout the entire thing as, quote, classy. Oh, and Roddy Piper knows classy. <laughs> he sure does. Our wow. Canadian friend, Roddy Piper. Is he Canadian? Yeah, he's Canadian. Shit, where was he born? Canada. <laughs> Mystery solved! <laughs> I didn't know that. That's cute. Yeah. He, he's got real hockey hair in this one, so that yeah. makes sense. Like, I know it's the 80s, but damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's rocking it hard. I yeah. legit don't know if he emigrated through Canada or if he's, like, born here or not. I could look it up, but I won't. I'll leave that to you, the viewer. 
keeping the podcast fresh, not over prepared, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I honestly watching this movie for the first time as well. It didn't really sink in that a shanty town is something that you find in most major American cities. Yeah, I didn't realize that part. Yeah, and so watching it later on, I was like oh, this is just where these people live and mm-hmm. I'm a massively sheltered person. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was just like, it's Pretty not standard. that you could just go to the shelter if your tent gets bulldozed. Yeah. That's where you live. That's your home. Yeah. And they have working showers. They have a system where, you know, they rotate repair work and uh, cooking and yeah, this they is just a community have... that you are bulldozing into the ground. Yeah, like the, the nearby church provides food and yeah. and uh furniture and such like that's from that's my understanding yeah that that's true to life is exactly how the shanty towns typically work this actually would be a better off version of them because not everybody has those volunteers nearby yeah and i mean they're also better off because they're a church that fights aliens but uh yeah. you gotta have one of those in your <laughs> yeah wow i didn't know that about Reddy piper yeah We'll get a little bit, just talk a little bit about Piper later, but I, I legitimately think he's very good in this. Like, I think he's perfect for this. Yes, yes that's what I mean. Totally yes. perfect for this. Which yeah. he has the, per- he brings the perfect amount of pathos where you're like, okay, he can act and like it, and he was saying that it was easy for him to do because he was just sure. acting on his memory. Like everything that happens in this movie to Piper, other than the aliens part, <laughs> is uh, pretty much autobiographical for him. Right. Um, so... Rough times. Yeah, that's wild. Like you say, there's just a wellspring there, like of, mm. of pathos, where you're just like, wow, this dude is a human being, and he's very, he's the perfect foil to all the aliens. Yeah. And in the end, to like the human resistance, the people that end up selling out. Yeah. There's a there's a part where he they're fleeing, like the campground is being raised. Yeah. And um, with a Z raised, <laughs> and not like a barn with an yeah, S. Yeah, <laughs> that's a stupid word to use. It's being bulldozed, there and you. they're. Fleeing fleeing cops are detaining people um they're rounding up people who are trying to like just not get run over by bulldozers Mm -hmm. and pushing them like kettling them and it's chaos everyone's fleeing it's night there's flashlights and helicopters overhead the Mm -hmm. spotlights are going crazy and he is fleeing down this alley and he comes across a guy who's sort of crouching in fear like he's obviously just frozen he doesn't know what to do there's cops on both sides of the alley so obviously the guy who was who would just in the the shanty town with him is like i i have nowhere to go i don't know what to do and roddy piper looks at him and then very deliberately like he reaches out and he grabs the guy and pulls him with him Mm -hmm. and i thought i thought that was such a beautiful moment because the logical quote-unquote thing for uh, roddy piper to do here is to just run save himself he's got a better chance alone than he does with this guy but he's like fuck that you're coming with me. We are going to help each other. It's so much harder to do that. Oh, yeah. But he... And the moment really focuses on that. Well, and I, was I wasn't sure why until, like, the third time I watched he, it. I like that part specifically because it's not him just grabbing the cowering guy... Mm-hmm. he reaches out his hand and very deliberately shows it to him and waits for the guy to yeah. take his hand yeah. before pulling Sorry, it Sorry, I shouldn't have said grabbed. It's a, like, I'm I'm inviting you. Yeah. Like, here, here's my invitation. Come with me. We'll we'll do this together. Yeah. I'm bringing you in as an equal in our escape project. It's, a, it, it's such a sweet little moment that, like, yeah, it yeah. has so much focus that it's it's really focused yeah. in on and and roddy makes it work really well like he's yeah he's a wrestler but you don't think of him as this like buff guy who's just here to crash through walls and like beat people up he's just he's helping he's gonna take some licks and he's gonna help people get and to give the some other kicks side of the <laughs> roddy Viper. get yeah. you a man who can do both he yeah. he kicks through walls and he rescues our vulnerable populations there you go roddy piper folks <laughs> This message brought to you by Roddy Piper. <laughs> so speaking of wrestling, though, let's talk about the big fight scene. Oh, my word. So a little background on this. Uh, if at this point you haven't seen the movie, go watch the movie. It's great. It's only 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's love it or hate it. It is just a spectacle. It really is. So yeah. there's a big fight sequence in the middle of this between Keith David and Roddy Piper that was supposed to be 10 to 20 seconds long. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I guess they were doing this in their off time. Keith David and Roddy Piper rehearsed and choreographed uh, in John Carpenter's production office's backyard, like between takes on downtime. Uh, So this is the fight between Nada and Frank, who's Keith David's character. Um, 
they Piper and David just wanted to have fun with it, so they. I personally think this is Keith David's doing because you have this like at the time very famous wrestler as your fight partner. Yeah, of course <laughs> I'm gonna be like, no, let's let's do more. Well, let's do more stuff. What can you teach me? Carpenter was asking when they got into the fight. Carpenter was asking Piper like, oh, can you do a suplex here and like this kind of thing? And Carpenter uh, Piper was like, okay, which one do you want? And he tried to like do them to Carpenter. He's like, no, 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 I just want to no, see no, you do it. No. Not me, not me, not me. <laughs> I'm frail. Uh, so Piper and David rehearsed this for three weeks on their own with no supervision. Which, hmm. And then they brought it to Carpenter like, hey, check this hey, out. look at this. And Carpenter was like, this rules. Let's put it in. It lasts five and a half minutes. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but there's no music. There's no dialogue really other than like them screaming at each other yeah. occasionally. Put on the glasses. Yeah. Put on the glasses and what are you doing is most of the dialogue, if any, in this, in this scene. It goes, like, just when you think. It's very realistic in that way where within five punches, you're exhausted. Oh, yeah. Like, the- yeah, these are, these are people who do, like, you know, mechanical carpentry work. Like, they are construction workers, but not... F- they don't have the cardio. No one does. You're not yeah. supposed to fight another person. Within 30 seconds of the fight, you're like, oh, this is over. And then yeah. it's five minutes longer. And they just keep peeling themselves off the pavement and taking a real slow motion swing at the other one when his back is turned. You want to know why one of the reasons it was so exhausting for them? Yes. They aren't pulling their punches. The only punches they pulled were to the face and to the groin. Everything else oh is them God. actually hitting each other. What? Okay, Keith David is the bravest man in yeah. the world. Where he just went, went up to a wrestler and were like, please hit me as hard as you can. But you've seen Keith David. He's, he's, well, he's enormous. He's a big, thick man. That's yeah. true. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I'm, between, you know, everything, I'm assuming this production didn't get around to its insurance policies. <laughs> what makes you say that? Um, isn't that the case? <laughs> Uh, wow. Okay, rules. well, yeah, then, yeah, you're just gonna watch two men actually real-life fight for five minutes. And it's great, like... So good. Piper is so good at knowing what looks good on camera, mm-hmm. like, he he is the star of it, for sure, and Keith David holds his own very well. Yeah, he's got a head on, on Piper. Well, does he? Yeah, he's totally <laughs> no, yeah, he does. than Roddy he does. Piper, for sure. He's got a big bald head on him. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, you know, the next five scenes or whatever they're they just look like shit. oh yeah they're full of bruises their faces are so swollen they can barely wear the sunglasses yeah. correctly it's really good it's but yeah they're going to check into the the hotel slash shelter motel motel thing yeah and just the it, it's got real walk of shame vibes yeah. of like i can <laughs> barely hold sunglasses. my neck yeah. my head up on my neck they're bleeding the clerk just looks up at them like please don't make trouble for me <laughs> yeah I mean, I like that also, to bring it back from the abyss of just plain fun, I also like it as part of the message where it's like, you are going to have to annoy people. You're going to have to annoy the shit out of people if you want to get them to, like, break out of there. Frank's whole thing is that he's in his own bubble. I I have a wife and kids. I'm just just trying to make some money to send it home and and support my family. Very noble goal. But so he's, he's invested in not finding out more. Yeah, like he is he has a foothold in the system. Yeah. And he is actively resistant to getting out of it. Yeah. So you have to physically <laughs> hold Grab someone that. down on the pavement and put the sunglasses. Rip on. him off of that foothold, throw yeah. him on the ground, punch him in the face. Kick them a few times. But yeah, like just saying what the truth is to somebody isn't so, enough. Yeah. You have to be it has to be demonstrable. Yeah. Demonstrable. <laughs> that's how we I, say it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which is that's the difficult thing because it the system is built to obfuscate everything as much as possible to make it impossible to penetrate and see yeah. what the actual issues are. The first layer is not being able to, not not wanting to break out, and then even if you do want to break out, not really being able to. Yeah. 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 Heavy That's shit. great. So, yeah, fight scene. I really feel like saying the big fight sequence is maybe overselling it. The long fight sequence. The long sequence. Fight. Yeah. Like... It's gritty. It ain't, it ain't pretty at all. It's... Uh, <laughs> You got yeah. some real, like, good wrestling jargon in here. I'm... Takes licks, gives kicks. That's yours. That's your bit. What? <laughs> I'm becoming, ever since I found out he was Canadian, I'm just becoming more Canadian on this <laughs> podcast. 
Just getting into it. Think yeah. about hockey hair. Yeah, you have longer hair than hockey hair, but it's somehow becoming it's hockey becoming. hair. You like that? Yeah. I personally, because thanks to uh, our long lockdown, quote lockdown, quote unquote uh, lockdown, I've got some good hockey hair going, so I'm I'm bringing it. We're in this mood. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have a go. So have a six minute fight scene after this. <laughs> this is our ramp up. <laughs> uh, one thing that I absolutely love about this movie is that it uh, opened number one at the box office. It's opening weekend. John Carpenter's on record as saying, like, why? <laughs> That's right. He is endlessly fascinated. Baffled. Baffled yeah. by it. Yeah. Um, and we'll get back to Lesson. that in a second. I just wanted to throw one last thing uh, in my sure. little fun facts section here is that Piper credits Carpenter and uh, they live specifically with jumpstarting the idea of the wrestler yeah. turned actor. Right. Yes. Yeah. So because if you like Dave Bautista in anything, which you should. And The Rock. He's great. And The Rock. Yeah. Wouldn't have the Scorpion King without. <laughs> so thanks a lot. Ruddy for that shit. Beautiful. I love it. Um, to get out for this movie, uh, Vince McMahon, the leader of right, wrestling, yes. tried to sue him over it. He tried to remove right. his contract. Piper had to quit wrestling. Like, he literally yeah, yeah, broke his contract, had to quit, quit everything. Yeah. It's the only way they'd let him do it. And now, like, wrestlers chomping at the bit to get in there. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and good on John Carpenter for supporting him through that instead of being yeah. like, mm, this is too hard. I don't know. I don't want to get Vince fucking McMahon. <laughs> Involved. Well, Carpenter specifically wanted to, he's wanted, to, not specifically for this project, but he always wanted to get wrestlers into his movies because oh. he thought they were just really good on-screen presences. They are. That's yeah. the whole, that's the whole thing. I mean, this is the whole premise of our podcast as well, <laughs> is that you may look down your nose at some stuff, but there is a reason that it's popular. Yeah. Like, it, 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 he, it's basically you're bringing a stunt person persona and in shapedness to somebody who knows how to be on camera properly. Yeah, someone who knows how acting works and how to be in front of a camera and can do crazy stunts. Yeah. That's... Are you telling me you're not going to enjoy that? It's the movies, baby! (laughs) Cinema! (laughs) Yeah. Aw, that's lovely. So I've developed a little game for today (gasps) for you. A game. Uh, So part of the reason that uh, They Live is credited with uh, opening number one in its weekend... Okay. Uh, is because the rest of the movies that opened that weekend sucked. Oh boy, oh boy. Sorry, did you say the rest of the movies? Yeah. Okay. So this is opening November 4th weekend of 1988. Oh, that's right. Directly before the U.S. federal election. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that too. Wonderful. Wonderful stuff. John. So... I looked back through what else opened this weekend, and I'm going to read you, uh, what am I going to read you? I'm going to read you three real movie titles and one fake movie title, (laughs) and you have to tell me which one is the fake amongst these. Uh, I look forward to getting this dead wrong. So, movies we've got. We've got Everybody's All-American. We've got The Dog Wedding. We've got U2, colon... Rattle and hum. And yes, that's U2 spelled U, the letter U, too. Is it related to the band? I will not be answering questions at this time. (laughs) And the final movie is The Good Mother. (laughs) Okay. So to sum up, we've got Everybody's All-American, The Dog Wedding, U2, Rattle and Hum, and The Good Mother. This is from 1988, November 4th, the first weekend. They live, trounced all these at the box office. I also looked up what they drew in. It legit trounced them. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. It like, a, more than all of them combined kind of a thing? I don't know if it was that extreme, but they, they Live was, like, I want to say, like, seventh for that quarter of box oh, office okay. draws. So, like, it did, it did really good. Okay. And I have literally never heard of any of these movies, so fair enough. Okay. Everybody's All-American. And that's all-American, if all that helps hyphen you. All-American. It, uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm. Oh, I'll. Uh, I'll. I'll come back to that one. I'll reserve judgment on whether that's real or fake. The dog wedding. The dog wedding sounds like something you would make up. Me? Yes, uh. you personally. But okay, so the U two one. It sounds too specific to be made up. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? So I'm gonna say that one's real. Okay. Um, so and I am going to assume that like 1988. Yeah, I'm gonna assume U two was a around or or. You know more about you two than me one. Me too. <laughs> um, and then, oh, what was the last one? The last one was The Good Mother. The Good Mother. Uh, the Good Mother? <laughs> the, the Good Mother. Good Mother. I'm going to assume that one's real too because okay. it just has that like 80s 
couldn't think of a creative title vibe. In a world where a mother was good. Yes, where all mothers are bad. (laughs) One mother had the courage. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And yeah, it also sounds like, well, it sounds like something I would make up for my double bill title. So maybe it is something you invented. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Okay, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the dog... I'm hoping the dog wedding is not real. You're hoping the dog wedding is not real. Others are are real. Okay. Dog wedding fake, all others real. Is that your final answer? I'm locking it in. Locking it in? Okay. The dog wedding, released in 2015. Oh my god! (laughs) Not 1988. No, that's even worse! That's even worse! We should have learned. So you were right. You win. Ding, 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 ding. Oh! Oh, they're all real. Yeah, I, I tricked you slightly with my game. Yeah. That's so disappointing that that's a real movie title. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Oh, so I was right by accident. You, no, you were 100% right. I figured if I went with a okay. movie title that did exist, but was clearly a bad movie, that oh it might, it might uh, trick you a little bit. But... Is the dog wedding about a dog wedding at least? Do you at least I have to assume so. <laughs> I like that you refused to look into it. I absolutely refused. That's fair. Uh, and that's a segment I like to call, wow. They Live, We Watch. <laughs> or we definitely don't or, watch. Yeah, no. I will not be watching any of these movies. All of these. Wow. That's a, that is really funny because it just, it, the, They Live is, you know, mid-John Carpenter in terms of like how famous. I feel like, oh, it yeah. is, like people know about it, but they may not have seen it. Um it's, it's a touchstone, but you might not have actually seen, you know what I mean? <laughs> but that was literally the box office boffo for yep. that, that week. It's good stuff. Love to see it. We do love to see it. So let's, uh, let's talk about our big takeaways from this movie. Yeah. What do you think it might have been about? Oh my God. Yeah, I feel like we just, we don't have to really do any of the work here. Yeah, I was thinking about it. It's like, no, this will be one sentence. I'll say one <laughs> sentence to sum up what this movie's about. Sure. But... What does it mean to you? To me. Aaron. Um, well, I personally, I think that, yeah, the premise is pretty obvious, but then it's the stuff on top of that where it's like, okay, here's how the world is. That's hmm. that's John Carpenter being cynical John Carpenter. But Ooh. then it's got this additional layer of like, and here's how you get out of it. Hmm. It's you, you rally with other people in your situation and you say, no, we will not be taken advantage of it's a little bit of a playbook of just like the only way forward is community is getting together and organizing Organizing. yeah again this is my leftist scum take on it so but it's like very clear what the what the solution is oh yeah and defecting and remaining within the system will actually not just benefit you it will harm other people yeah ultimately so the power of community or the um. power of, like, common enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that every goddamn movie uses the enemy of the enemy as my friend yeah. bit. Like, First of all, it's a great framework. Yeah. And Spite is a great true. motivator. Oh, absolutely. It's how I live my life. <laughs> yeah. What about what about you? Uh, yeah, like, it's it's pretty clear. I think we went in opposite directions on this. I, oh. You took the optimistic approach. I took the really cynical side of things. <laughs> that tracks. Um... Where my big focus through this movie, and it this is just taking the text, really. But it's just, this is, it's definitely not the earliest movie by far that does this. But it's the most plain-faced about, like, hey, check out how media manipulation works. Like, mm. just, that's... When was Network? 76? Yeah, it's in the 70s, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but still. Yeah. It, I, this is where, referencing earlier, when I said I, said I was a full moron, uh, this is where I'm like, yeah, you know what? There's some good stuff in here about media manipulation. You know like, what? I think this guy might have a point. It's the, the uh, I know, writers who use subtext, they're cowards. They're all cowards, yeah. This is, this is my reaction to this movie. It is, I'm so, like, liminally straight on about it that, like... There's no subliminal. Yeah. It's just liminal. Which, it's a, yeah. for a movie about the subliminal, to me, that's how you gotta take it. It's perfect. Yeah. John Carpenter will give it to you straight. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I I do like the idea of for that message to, I can't think of another way, dude. I'm sorry. Trickle down to. God um, damn it. <laughs> I'll be doing the rest of this podcast through gritted teeth. <laughs> uh, to, to end up being made as a movie that's pulp, that's, you know, trash in the most absolute loving sense of the word, that's meant, it's got a fucking wrestler as its main star. Yeah. For that, for that message to reach 
the audience that is coming this... to a wrestler starred movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. In theory, just to like, oh, this looks fun. This looks like a cheap '80s, you know, sci-fi action time. For for that message to be reaching the people that ultimately the system talked about is yeah. meant to oppress is pretty funny to me. Yeah. It might be the first like, you know, widespread trash item to really try and deliver that message head on. Widespread, do, you, do you know what I'm trying to I say? D- I do know what you're saying. Yeah. You saw me laugh there. It's just uh, when you said widespread trash, I was just picturing John Carpenter like firing trash out of a leaf blower into a field or something. I'm pretty sure that's how he decorated this movie, actually. Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, leaf blower trash. Ooh. Anyway, I like it. It's it's using it's using the medium as the message, hilariously. Yeah. yeah. yeah anyway. I like that. That's, that's my take. Well, oh, before... I'm ooh, sorry. May what? I ask what... Um, May I ask what your favorite Roddy Piper one-liner is? Oh, do you have? Boy. Can you rank them, or do you have a clear standout? Though, well, I feel like the the famous one is always the here to kick, kick ass, ass and chew bubblegum bubble all out of ass or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think uh, the one the one that I love for being like this not only makes no sense in the context. It also nothing cued you to say it like the bubblegum and kickass. That feels like oh this guy has got a terrible migraine. Yeah. he is losing his mind and he's just shooting aliens. Yeah. he's off. His he's rock. announcing that he's here to cause carnage. Yeah, he's walked into a bank and he's about to shoot all the aliens. The line that cracks me up for just being the weirdest Completely and then there's a cutaway like uh, life's a bitch and she's back in heat. Yeah, they've just been chased <laughs> down an alley by the police and he turns to Keith David and just. Like why? I get he's Roddy, just saying what? life isn't that great, but like Life's you just fair. had a six minute fight scene and found out aliens exist. What? <laughs> Are you saying this is normal for you? <laughs> yeah, he, that's so weird. How about you? I mean, I I really I do gotta give yours? it to the bubblegum line, but there's that that moment when he's ventured into a store for the first time and he's seeing shoppers like bougie shoppers that are aliens. Oh, yeah, and he. Oh, what is the line? I, this would be a much better bit if I could actually produce the line. But he's pointing at this one, like this one woman is like, "Can I help you?" And she's an alien, and he just goes, "Oh, what does he say to her?" He calls her ugly in some way. Yeah. He, he yeah, this would be better. <laughs> <laughs> Learning for next time. Anyway, he just he basically is just like. Yeah, I might be crazy and have a migraine and I'm seeing stars, but you're fucking hideous. Like, yeah. he just really like you're, on you look You look worse than a ham from 1972 or yeah, something. Really, he really, I don't know if he made up those lines, but they are so funny. It's it's funny very cruel what he says. Yeah. Just, uh, it's great. It's a, it's a really good one. So I got to give it to him just blowing up at that lady in the grocery store and Taking calling her all a of ham. His- all of his anger on this yeah. one woman. This one woman with yeah. a terrible haircut. Anyway. You know, you look like your head fell on the cheese dip back in 1957. You, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. You see, I take these glasses off. She looks like a regular person, doesn't she, huh? Put them back on, formaldehyde face. That's what That's we got. That's enough out of you. Get out or I call the cops. Call the cops? You know what you need? You need a Brazilian plastic sword. I've got one that can see. It's great shit. So, yeah. Okay. Good to know. Thank you. I just wanted to just wanted to acknowledge the one-liners. <laughs> Uh, so now that we've got our one-liners out of our system and game time's over, it's time to uh, use "They Live" for a double bill, which we will. Uh, throw a marquee title on as well. Yeah, let's see what goes well with They Live. So, Aaron, I'd love for you to go first. I feel like you, okay. more than usual, you were concerned that we might come to this with the same movie, but now that we've talked about our takeaways, I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't think we... So that's good. That that gives me hope. So I'll say my thing and I won't look at your reaction. If we ever do say the same movie, we'll just, like, play an air raid siren and this podcast yeah, is over. the Kill Bill siren will go off <laughs> and then your your microphone will short out. Yeah, and then, yeah shortest episode, you can have recess outside. Yeah. It's <laughs> there you go. Do your homework outside today. Okay, yeah. So for my my uh, so my <laughs> double bill is going to involve the themes I talked about. So you know the the rich and powerful have this stranglehold on on the poor slash powerless, mm-hmm. and the only way out is through building those bonds mm-hmm. against your common enemy. <laughs> um, and if you 
defect, you ruin it for everybody. This is a, you know, prisoner's yes. dilemma okay. type yeah. thing where if you defect, yes, you win, but someone else loses. And it could easily be you. Yeah. So, uh, in that spirit, I'm going to pair They Live 1988 with Parasite 2019. Okay, yeah, yeah. Feels like kind of an obvious one, which is why I was afraid you might have also I, It had not it. crossed my mind, honestly. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, great. Oh, this is... Phew. Relief. <laughs> All right. Then that means I just get to talk more about Parasite. Hurrah. Um, yeah. So they, their similarities are that... Well, obviously, so, you know, this, this art movie comparatively going with this trash movie Parasite won the best picture oscar which yeah is not a measure of how good a movie is necessarily but it had a lot of uphill battles to get there so i feel like it's extra deserving of it (laughs) yeah so the in common things are the rich and powerful got there kind of by tricking other people like behind their backs you know they just sort of they they worked they they took what other people had already done and just worked off of that. Mm. The the poor, really the focus is on the poor and powerless in both movies. Yeah. Um, they have no real ability to break through on their own, right? They need solidarity to mm-hmm. do it. And so it's not just this binary of, oh, it's the rich and powerful versus the poor and powerless. It's the rich and powerful have a very vested interest in dividing and conquering the poor and powerless and playing them against each other. Yes, and Yeah, and part of the beauty of that system, if you're rich and powerful, is that the poor and powerless will do it themselves. Yeah, like you barely have to even pay attention to it. You just have to dangle this carrot in front of them of like, but what if you were rich? (laughs) I bet you wouldn't like it if the rich had to pay taxes. (laughs) fucking whatever it is right so the 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 poor and powerless they don't even you don't even have to wield power necessarily the way that the rich and powerful wield that power is by allowing access or even hinting at the allowing of access for poor and powerless people to the benefits of being rich even in just in theory it works on people right yeah so you get, you get them invested in preserving the status quo and suddenly you have this whole little army on your hands. You've you've weaponized the poor and powerless against each other. Yeah, it right. just reminded me of the Futurama bit of uh, why are you, why do you care if millionaires get taxed to fry? You're not one of them. He's like, yeah, but I might be someday and then people like me better watch out. Like yeah. that's <laughs> such a succinct... It's perfect. Uh, yeah. It's just the, the, the American dream, right? Like the hope of like, well, I could be rich one day. Ooh. Yeah, and then people like me better watch their steps. Exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, and so that that beautiful kernel of hope is what drives you to defect to your own defect against your your own community. Yeah. Well, I could be part of this own community. You you never. And the, that kind of brings me to my ultimate actual point about this one. Like, yeah, they are the same setup, but many other you know many other movies have that same setup. But in both movies, the rich and powerful are so different and think of them as so themselves as so different that they are either metaphorically or literally a different species mm-hmm. and they can always tell they can always tell yeah. when you're poor and powerless you're talking or when about, you were not born rich and powerful are you talking specifically about like the smell of the poor yes yeah. you can smell it on them and the aliens know like you're a human yeah. Ugh, you're a human or the rich people, if, you know, someone is literally driving your ass around. You've got your feet up in the back seat, and you still have the audacity to be like, he smells. <laughs> I just know he's not one of us because he smells bad. They can yeah. always tell. Yeah. You will you will never break through. It's physically impossible to do. You will never get to be them. Yeah. And so the only way out is together. So that's my leftist scum rant about... No, but it, it, they are <laughs> they are different sides of that coin for me. It's just like, stop wasting time pretending that you're going to be rich yeah. one day. You're not. God. Just deal with, deal with, like, supporting your community. Anyway. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah. There are not as many one-liners in Parasite. <laughs> not <laughs> there none. There are some. There are some. There's that cute little song that she does before yep. going into their house for the first time. And yeah, it's all about, you know... It, <laughs> who is it on someone on twitter one day was like yeah the poor people were the parasites you know when that whole oh, discussion fuck. was going around like yeah they tricked their way into that person's house or whatever it has that right like they used our technology to to get into the mothership those you know? awful starving people <laughs> 
the watches if you learn how to use the watch you can get uh, if you learn how to use photoshop you can get in you know i like that specific yeah. that's good there you go good shit yeah so which do you watch first what order do you place them in do you want to go like because parasite doesn't really end on an up note i wouldn't say no not <laughs> so a do you go real uplifting time do you go they live which could you could say this ends in success ultimately uh, do you go with the success so. ending or the we're mired in this forever ending? I think, no, I think you go Parasite first yeah. um, and then you go to the, then you go to They Live. Yeah, you blow off some steam with They Live afterwards. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like there's just, a, it's that nice, it's it's the opposite side of the coin where in They Live, yeah, a, a few people kind of defect and break off, hmm. but they get there in the end. And Parasite is just, nope, a bunch of people die. Nobody who deserves it dies. Nobody, oh, that's not true. But you know what I mean. But uh, and also nobody seems to learn anything. Nobody no, who's in, no. who needs to learn anything learns anything. No, punishment is not meted out according to the crime that happened. Yeah, punishment doesn't match morality. No, yeah. yeah. You know, Kevin is is punished for is it Kevin? Whatever. The sun. Sounds right. Parasite. <laughs> Should know that better. It's seen it enough times. <laughs> He's punished for the crime of being in their house under, you know, you know what I mean. Like yeah. he's punished. He's punished for tricking the rich and powerful. Yeah, that's a crime to them. <laughs> when all it all he was doing was support. Like he just wanted a loaf of bread. Yeah. Like it's it's literally it harmed no one, yeah. but it embarrassed a rich person. <laughs> so that's therefore against the law. Yeah, the thing that we will take the most seriously, more serious mm-hmm. than anything else. Yeah. And I mean, it's not an exact parallel in that sense because Roddy Piper did mow down a bunch of aliens yeah, with a did. shotgun, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess I guess that would pretty be pretty embarrassing to die. Maybe it's the same thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> anyway. they die. They don't have clean underwear on that day. That's very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my double bill, and I came prepared. Oh, you have a name. I came prepared this time. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I know. I'm gonna call it Our Common Enemy. Uh, so that's my theme. I like that. A double bill about fighting back against Our Common Enemy. I like yours a lot more than I like mine. You oh, should've no, gone, I should've I gone first this time, yeah. Okay, well, take it away. You never know. You never know. I don't ever know, it's true. Uh, <laughs> Burn on you. you <laughs> full moron. Full moron. Right. You warned us. That's fair. It's amazing I can remember it considering my level of full moron. Uh, yeah. So, so, like I talked about, uh, I, I, the thing that, again, it's the most obvious part of They Live, but the media manipulation stuff is what sticks with me more than anything and how it's obvious in hindsight, but not obvious unless you think to question it. Okay, sure, Um, yeah. And so for my double bill, I picked a movie that you've brought up a few times already. I picked Network. Oh, shit, I totally... Yeah. I seeded it. Yeah, you got it in there. From 1976. 1976. Directed by Sidney Lumet, and we got Faye Dunaway and William Holden and Peter Finch in there. Oh, yes. Um, I wondered why you knew the year of network off the top. I uh, tried to play cool. I said, like, yeah, 70s sometimes. 70s. Yeah, that's right. It's around then, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. It was directed by Sidney Lumet, but don't worry about it. (laughs) We'll get there. Or not. (laughs) So I picked this because to me, Network is the opposite point of view of They Live, basically. Mm. This is, we're watching, we're watching, for lack of a better term, we're watching the inhuman inhuman monsters uh, at Media Manipulation Headquarters. Uh, LLC. Yeah, go through it. And you have the human element that's trying to resist it. And uh, William Holden is very against what they're doing to Peter Finch's character, mm-hmm. uh, which if you haven't seen Network, it's a good movie, worth checking out, I'd say. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I won't get into the, the details of the plot, but basically Peter Finch becomes like, he acts like a TV evan- like a TV evangelist, but for, it's not conspiracy theories, but for, for very like telling people, it, it's Fox News before Fox News. That's what the comparison everybody always yeah, makes is. I, I wonder what, what they were drawing on from that because it's clearly TV preacher stuff. Yeah, the the if I remember right what they were drawing on was literally they were looking at how TV preachers acted okay. and then they put the message of what they saw happening in the news behind it. Okay, all right. So that's how we got to where we are there. Yeah. So, and it's very like they're taking advantage of Peter Finch's character and to they do know it. it. It's, and there's they, yeah. no justifying. They well, had a meeting about yeah. it and they were like, no, we're going to do that. There's justifying in where they're like, this will make us a lot of money. That's their yeah. justification. Uh, but they, they're very 
very conscious of like, we are doing a bad thing to the earth. Yeah. Yeah. This will harm someone, but it makes a lot of money, so yeah. therefore we should do it. So like in my mind, you got like Faye Dunaway's character is basically George Buck Flower, who's the sure. the, the sellout. The sellout guy. They're the same character in my mind in this, mm. where they're just like, Yeah, this is just what you do. This is what you do. There's nothing wrong with this. And they're trying to like be like, isn't it cool that this is what we do now? Like very I got in, I got into the club and now it's we're It's a gonna... brand new world. Yeah, 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 that's fair. I'm in the club. Yes. Yeah. Things are going my way. Yeah. So with They Live, we get to see how all the, quote, lower classes, end quote, are dealt with, kept in control and exploited. In network, we're watching how the system is basically set up for that. Right. Um, and the toll it takes on one's humanity, like I just brought up Faye Dunaway, she also has a lot of internal struggle in this because she can't figure out why she's not able to act like a person. Yeah. Everything is steeped in this is how a message gets sent out. This is how TV culture works. This is how we get... What this is how we get people to think what we want them to think. Yeah, is this her. is how to manipulate. Yeah. Uh, so in my head canon, I am now stating here and for good, forever, in perpetuity. <laughs> these take place in the same universe. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> uh, Arthur Jensen is a uh, he gives a big climactic titular not titular big climactic speech at the end yes. to uh, to Howard Beale the Peter Finch character. He's he's the like the president who. Um, uh, gives the huge speech about capitalism and media and how it's, you know, we gotta we gotta be together on this. Yeah. So he's clearly a they live alien. Yeah. Faye Dunaway basically gets told the entire movie that she's a sociopath, and she's just yeah. kind of like, yeah, okay, sure. But she is very aware of how much she's exploiting people and how she's caught uh, uh, with this pull on both sides of the argument. Like William Holden is trying his best to pull her back, and yeah, and it's not happening. Um, she's good at her job and likes it and enjoys doing it, but she's constantly described as being unable to stop seeing everything through the lens of the message or TV, and she can't shut that part of her brain off. She can't wake up from that, to use terminology they usually live a lot. put on the sunglasses. Yeah, she's just part of the media machine, 100%. Um, and you've got, so Peter Finch, Howard, Boy- Howard Beale, he is uh, waffling and taking a side, and as soon as he's no longer useful, or as soon as he starts to expose the message... He is executed, right. just like uh, our friend Roddy. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. Very fair. So it's it's not a subtle thing, yeah. I'll say. But yeah. I'm saying that, like, network happens, the events of that. And then we've got, like, Arthur Jensen is an alien, and, like, Faye Dunaway isn't an alien, but she's brought she's drawn in. Like, a lot of the executives yeah. we see are aliens. And then They Live takes place 12 years later, and this is, like, the effect it's had. Nice. Yeah. They've been able to, yeah, onboard more and more aliens, and now everyone lives in shanty towns. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. So I um, like that a lot. That's that's such a good double bill, though, because it is such a one-to-one, this happens, then that happens. Yeah. It's perfect. So I recommend you watch them in that order, because yep. network, sure. you won't feel good afterward. <laughs> it's, again, not an upper. Yeah. yeah. And, like, there's a reason it's talked about as a very great movie, because it is legit good. Mm-hmm. Legit a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Well, not good time. But, you know, you know what I mean. It's important to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then you follow it up with They Live to have some catharsis about everything you see going wrong in Network. <laughs> You're like, I told you! John Carpenter watched this and he knew. Uh, Just listen to Carpenter, please. <laughs> and I also came prepared with a name this time. Oh, uh, look at us. It's very dramatic. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Lay it on me. I call it Capitalism in the Shadows. <gasps> yeah! That is so dramatic. Yeah. Wow. So that's... Uh, that's my double bill. I like, I like that a lot. This is very true to us, uh, I would say, on the whole, where I'm just like, yep, that's what it's like, and I'm just very cynical about it. And you're like, no, it's got to be better than that. And try and... What if we focus on the good parts? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that either of them presents an uplifting... Oh, God, no. Mess, <laughs> not even message, but, like, it just, it shows where... The, you know, you went down the path where everything sucks. Yeah. But that the initial setup of both movies is that things could not suck. And here's how you might get what them if, to not yeah. suck. How, what if we tried to make them not suck? Have we tried that? We, has <laughs> anybody tried this? No one has actually tried doing that yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Two very good art movies to go with a very good trash movie. Yes. Yay. We did it. One last thing I want to say that I forgot to mention earlier that I just... The They Live is up there for one of the funnier endings to me. Yeah. 
Definitely. So like the uh, if I couldn't think of another level, I was thinking of pairing this with the uh, um, taking of Pelham one two three, the original, <laughs> just because the endings are very funny. Funny endings, yeah. <laughs> and they are etched in my mind forever. That's totally yeah. It's it, there is a real like zoom in on someone's face as they're having a realization. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's my uh, honorable mention category. Nice. Oh, I would have come up with one if I'd known. No, I'm sorry. I'm just, I didn't mean... I sprung a lot on you this episode. You did. This was a ride. You're taking I it appreciate stride. that. Yeah, You're the you. Keith David to Aww. my Roddy Piper. That's legitimately the most romantic thing <laughs> someone can say to someone else, I'm pretty sure. You both have wonderful voices. Oh, thank you. Mellifluous. That's not true. <laughs> I think it's true. Anyway. Once I get cast in a Halo game, then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shout out Keith David. Yep. In our hearts. We He's not him. dead. I oh, God. <laughs> you scared me for a second. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway. Well, as we're wrapping up here, I think I uh, hope you have enjoyed us talking about They Live. Please, please watch it. Please, Yes. If, if you've got nothing else out of this and you've never watched it, watch it. Genuinely watch it. Watch if you it haven't again. watched it, yeah, go for it again. Yeah. It Look is just... It. Fresh. Yep. Frighteningly, tragically appropriate for the times we live in. Yeah. And the wonderful thing about that is that's never not going to be a true statement. So <laughs> It's wonderful. Cool. Yeah. We uh, love it. So uh, if you liked what you heard, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. Yes. Uh, you can also find us on the social medias at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's G-A-R-T-B-A-G-E pod. Uh, Aaron, where can the lovely people find you? Uh, lovely people can find me at Maclebase on Twitter. M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. And I can't stress that enough. Only lovely people. Yes, please. There uh, is a filter in place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Dick R. Navis. That's D-I-C-K-R Navis. N-A-V-I-S. I don't think I can say Navis without my voice cracking. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that part of it that's Navis. really troublesome for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, please, if you have recommendations for movies you would like to see paired up, go for it. We love to hear about them. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Or if you had a different thing that you would love to pair with They Live, mm-hmm. let us know. Because I will just always watch this movie forever. And yeah, it's good we'll to have it. a shot or a chaser, too. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Thank yeah. you, Nick. This was a, a wild ride, but an enjoyable one. Thank you so much. It, fe- it felt you feel a very official energy coming off. I'm right begging now, the gavel on this episode. Tells no. me that it's time to wrap it on up. So I hope that <laughs> you'll gonna wanna go and watch They Live. <laughs> yeah. Gonna run away. We were hyping it up for ourselves. I hope you will join us next time for another pile of garbage. Uh-huh.